the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 that's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. There we go. I think I can get us going here. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us for the Bible Live quiz show. 
Jacob is here with me Hello, in the studio. Sophie. Hello, Jacob. Hey, Sophie. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I hate to bother you with this right away, but could you turn me up just an ad as you are adjusting? You lost me. Oh, turn up your microphone no, or turn uh, up your earphone? Earphone. Earphones. All right. I, I think I can do that. How's that do? Any well, good? I can't tell, but we'll see. Well, can you hear me or not? I think I can. <laughs> Folks, I hope you can hear me out here uh, on this great radio station. We're ready to give you some questions. I've got my list of questions right here in my never formerly stained nicotine oh, hands. Oh, somebody's adapting somebody else's. Yeah, statement. yeah. Well, there we go. You know. So uh, I've, I've got it right in front of me. We're going to give questions a lot. We're going to cover a lot of books of the Bible tonight. Well, we're going to ask maybe, questions. Maybe we are. Maybe. <laughs> I guess that is a little overly optimistic, right? Uh, glass half full kind of a guy that I am. This would uh, be the entire New Testament, right? Well, no, we're going to ask questions from Job. Oh. Your your favorite friend, Job. Your favorite book of the Bible, yeah. Job 38 through 42. Yep. We read that. We read the entire book of Ecclesiastes this past week. This um, Ecclesiastes, that means the preacher, right? In Greek. In Greek. What is the book in uh In, in Hebrew, Hebrew, the name is Kohelis, which means the collector. The collector. See, he didn't really write well, these things. Preacher, collector. Uh-huh. <laughs> is he, that the one that takes the offering? Is that the idea? If you like. <laughs> but um, uh, he collected these things, just like in the, right. the Proverbs. He didn't really write those. He collected them. They are. Uh, he, com- no, he didn't. Uh, what's it called? Uh, com- Compiler. Compiler. Compilation, yeah, there you go. I'm looking for the words. And we read the entire book of the Song of Songs, sometimes called the Song of Solomon, uh, about love and marriage and how they go together like uh, go together like a horse and carry, something like that, right? So we've got the Song of Songs in there. And then we went and one day, we spent one day reading from the New Testament as we've returned now to the uh, the smaller letters in the New Testament that Paul wrote to the churches that he visited, some of them that he helped establish during his uh, three or four missionary journeys. So we picked up in the book of Galatians, chapters 1 through 5. Which I, All right. I which, heard a funny preacher say something, or a preacher say something funny on the radio today. Uh, okay, that's so unusual, i got to hear it. Uh-huh. He said, this guy came to him and he said, what are the epistles? And he says, oh, that's the wives of the apostles. The lives? Wives. The, the wife. epistles. <laughs> the wives of the, the apostles wives are the, the epistles. Apostles. Wives, I get it. Yeah. I, I get I it. I, had was, to go I thought that was pretty funny. It is. It is pretty funny. And I then think. another guy came up to him and said, well, are they really the wives? And he said, no, no, of course not. And he says, well, who are they the wives of, really? Think about this, Sophie. Oh, who are they, who's their real husbands? Uh, uh-huh. Okay. Sophie, <laughs> never mind. The brain, the brain is going quickly. I don't, I like the first one because I got it uh, well, fairly fast. the next guy comes up and he says, oh, the, are they really the wives of the apostles? Uh-huh. And the preacher said, no. He says, "Well, whose wives are they?" So, so implicating the in, in the guy thought they were somebody's that, wives. Yes, I get it. All right, and he wouldn't get off of that topic, and so therefore the sort of apostles, like you and me, 
Let's go on. Uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Thank you, John. That's helpful. I'm not the only one who didn't see through that. Well, I, I, again, I like the first one. I thought it was pretty cool. Well, let's go on. Now, we've got questions from the Psalms as well, from Psalm 102, Psalm 103, and Proverbs chapter 22. So look at that. We have questions from one, two, three, four, five, six different books of the Bible tonight. Surely, I'm just absolutely positive, you're going to be able to hear and answer at least one of these questions, which means you're going to be able to call in tonight Answer the question and win some great prizes from Splashtown. We're giving away, uh, we're going to give away four tickets to Splashtown to every, every winner tonight. So uh, four tickets, that's, that's a great value. And you and the family can go out here during the final days of July into August and, and enjoy some time, uh, in Splashtown, uh, the cool water, re- just sort of relaxing in the sun and uh, taking the hot out of the South Texas sun. Uh, down there at, at uh, Splashtown. So we've got those tickets for you. You'll be able to give us a call at 340-9585, 340-9585. And there's some other uh, tickets and other prizes as well. But uh, this time of the year, we like to kind of highlight uh, Splashtown and give you a chance to go out and enjoy uh, some and time in the water. The- the tickets for a restaurant, they could go to Splashtown, then go out and have dinner. And then go out somewhere and have dinner. That's right. Exactly right. You save so much with the yeah. tickets to Splashtown that uh-huh. they could go uh-huh. get dinner. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. We want to start. I'm going to give a couple of questions from the Psalms and the Proverbs. And then, Jacob, if you don't mind ponying up there and say, I think you've already done it, circle some of the questions from the other books of the Bible, and we'll get started. Um, from the Psalms. I want to ask this question. One of the attributes of God, and we use that word a lot, and I just want to kind of make sure we understand it. An attribute is an inherent, innate characteristic of God and his character. One of the attributes of God is that he is immutable. I mean, that's a big old 75-cent theological word, immutable. what does immutable mean? Take it from Psalm 102, verse 27. Psalm 102, verse 27. What does it mean that God is immutable? And let me give you another one. Of um, let's Psalm 103. No, I'm going to go ahead and jump down. I'll, I'll get some that Psalm later. Psalm 103, Jesus emphasized uh, when he came and carried out his work, his ministry uh, in the world, Jesus emphasized the fatherhood of God. I think it's one of the distinctives of uh, uh, Messiah Yeshua with Rabbi Yeshua. It was one of his emphases. uh, He emphasized the fatherhood of God. And that's not a concept that is majored on in the in the hebrew scriptures right jacob what's that the fatherhood of god well it, uh, it's there i'm not saying it's not yeah, there but he uh, he, actually, he emphasized it yeah i know uh now they don't use the word uh our father well they i'll tell you what they use the word of more or less of a royal kind of idea of father but they don't use the word abba which and i've heard a lot of christian preachers say nobody calls him daddy and but in the Talmud and the other writings of that era, 
they do use the word dad or daddy or Abba. So, but in the Bible, I, I think you're right. I don't think they do. It's there. I mean, I know there are some references to it, and we're going to talk about one of them tonight. But I guess it was Yeshua who kind of lifted that that terminology, that reference to God as the Father. And, of course, it's not just, an, I don't think, it's just talking about fatherhood in the sense of uh, God, the Father of all of humanity of because he's the creator. There is a sense of that, of course. And I think it's even mentioned or referenced a, a time or two in, I know in the New Testament, I'm not sure about the Hebrew Scriptures. Uh, but Jesus emphasized the fatherhood of God in an intimate, personal way. And, of course, I, I think related to the redemptive work of God. Uh, but anyway, we'll look at Psalm 103. What verse in Psalm 103 might have led Jesus to to use the word father in reference to the creator in reference to God. It's a it's a long shot. I don't really know what uh, what moved the Messiah to use that phrase and to uh, bring it up into uh, popular usage among his followers. But there it is. What verse in Psalm one hundred three might was that verse thirteen? Uh, you just answered my question, didn't you? No, I didn't say what verse. <laughs> You ask, was that verse, right? I'm just asking. Yeah, I know. That's Well, okay. I don't know if it's verse 13 okay, or not, Jacob. Okay, there's the answer. <laughs> we don't know. All right. <clears throat> he is so nice to you folks. He just loves to <clears throat> help us, give us these little hints. Now, in the Proverbs, chapter 22, verses 17 through 29, I only have one question tonight. Behind all the wise sayings, that is the Proverbs, what was the main purpose? Uh, what was the primary lesson that was to be learned? And uh, uh, looking there in chapter 22, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 19. Behind all the wise sayings, the Proverbs, what was the main pa- purpose of the Proverbs? What were the, the primary lesson that they were trying to teach us? All right, there are three questions from the Psalms. One from two from the Psalms, one from the Proverbs. Jacob, how about the Book of Job? I know okay. you like some of those. You know, this is so good, as I was telling you on the elevator. Yep. It is so good. And your first question, number one from Job, is: What are some of the positive results that suffering can help, or can help produce in us? Uh, a little awkward syntax there, but we got the idea. <laughs> um, that's well, true. That's what true. What are some of the positive results that suffering can help produce in us, as you say? Now, why is that question so good for today, Soapy? Because it's Tish Ba'av. Yeah, and actually. The ninth of the month of Av. The ninth of Av. And this is probably unfamiliar to a lot of listeners, but. And actually, now, that means the ninth of in the Av is a month in the Jewish calendar. That is correct, so, yes, okay. huh? so it's the ninth of Av. Now that's an important date. Like for example, um, this is the date in the Bible when the ten spies in Numbers comes back with a bad report about the land of Israel. How about that? It also is the date in history. 
that the first and the second temple in Jerusalem were destroyed on the same date. First by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, uh-huh. and secondly by the Romans, right? That is correct. Now, the the the, the first date, the date of the uh, the bad news, the bad report uh-huh. given by the ten that would spies. Be a, that would be in 1313 from creation. That initiated the... the uh, the day, right? That no. was the first day yes. that it was recognized as that the is day. Correct. Is it a day of mourning? Is that yeah, the idea? Today is a day of mourning for all Jews. All right. Now, and then the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians in 423. Approximately 600 years later, the second temple was destroyed by the Romans in 69 or 70 A.D. And at that time, when the Romans destroyed the second temple, a lot of people don't realize this, but one and a half million Jews were killed in the streets of Jerusalem. It was barbaric. There's no and, doubt about it. Yeah. And besides that, there was one group of people that worked with the Romans to do this, and people never even identify them, hardly ever. Do you know what they are? Would sir? that be the Edomites? You got it. Okay. Roman Edomites joined together to do this. Now, in 1290, that's on this day, that's when the Jews were expelled from England. In 1492, and that date ought to ring for some people, that's when the decree occurred in Spain for all Jews to leave Spain. Columbus, that's why in 1492, Columbus and everybody was looking for a new land. Columbus sailed the ocean uh, blue. Yeah. Sure. And this is also the date in history that uh, World War I began. And really, uh, while there was a 20-year hiatus between World War I and World War II, the, the reasons for World War II were still the same reasons. Yeah. So it's really World War One, World War Two on this date in history. And it was the date that Hiroshima, uh-huh. the first uh, nuclear, the first atomic bomb was dropped on yep. the city of Hiroshima, right, right. Or Hiroshima, and, as some people call it. And the Indianapolis sunk. And the the um, the and that, that was the ship I saw in the movie Jaws. What yes. the captain Never. of that the was? Old captain. He yes. was on the Indianapolis, uh-huh. and that was the one where the sailors were uh, in the water not, and nine hundred the... men eaten by sharks. Mm. Yeah. At any rate, so all those things, and I'll be honest with you, there's many, many more. Sure. But they all occurred on this date in history, and they're all bad days. Now, I'm going uh, hold on to yourself there, Sophie. Okay, I'm holding myself. At 11 a.m. this morning. Standing here Jerusalem beside Jerusalem time. I'm standing here holding. At this time. Uh-huh. Today. Of course, a little different time. At 11 a.m. today in Jerusalem. Uh-huh. There was a, a crowd that marched on the Temple Mount and demanded that uh, the Jews have the legal right to go up there and pray on top of the mountain, because I don't know if you know this, but Israel doesn't let Jews go up there and pray. And they've also issued at 11 a.m. today the design for the Third Temple. They issued it? What do you mean issued it? They actually produced the blueprints for it. They've got all the items made to build the Third Temple, but today at 11 a.m., they actually had a press conference, actually gave the the design, the architectural design. To the reporters or something? Uh, sure, they passed out to everybody. <laughs> and it's based on Ezekiel, of course. And they also demanded that they have the right to go up on the mountain and pray. And, of course, that wow. means the mosque will have to go away. Anywhere else, that would be uh, kind of mild, unimportant news. But there, it becomes uh, of world concern, doesn't it? That's it uh, very, very interesting. Well, so Tishbaab, that's today's date, and uh, it Would began. Would you like to know what Napoleon said. thought about Tishbaab? No. 
Well, maybe somebody in, you know, Converse or Universal City maybe or someplace else around here would like to know. Okay. Do you want to put it as a question out there and no, see if somebody no, knows no, it? No, or do you no, want no, to... Nobody knows this. I'll just tell you. Okay. Well, when Napoleon was going through France and in Paris, he heard all the Jews because they celebrate this as a day of mourning. Uh-huh. And he heard all the Jews in their big temple, and they were crying and mourning and all that. And he asked one of his guys, what are those Jews doing in there crying? What happened? And they said, well, today's the day the first and the second temple was destroyed. And he said, Napoleon was going to come to the rescue, believe it or not. And he said, who did that? Where is the guy? Where's the people that did that? And they said, well, that was 2,000 years ago. And he said, 2,000 years ago? And they said, yes. And he said, they're still mourning for it? And, and they said, yeah. And he said, well, anybody that cares that much will get it back. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, I suppose that we have to give him a a, a C minus or a D on his biblical knowledge as not knowing who destroyed the temples. But that's a pretty good answer there in the end. There, I might give him a little extra credit for that. Uh, anybody who cares that much is going to get it back. Well, that well, just may fact, happen. One yeah. of the books that has to be read at this time is Jeremiah. And of course the Lamentations that you're familiar with, because that's about when you know when the, the first temple was destroyed, etc. Book of Grieving, yes. The uh-huh. Book of Grieving, and but Jeremiah 31 is also that has to be read, and it gives us a glimpse. I know this is a little unusual thought, but it gives us a glimpse of what happens in heaven. Jeremiah 31 verses 14 to 16 actually gives us a glimpse of what goes on in heaven. You got them there in front of you? No, I don't, but you I'm can look them up. It. I'm going to get I want to read that. That's not a lot to read. Now, it's talking about Rachel and her tears. Now, you remember in the book of Matthew, Jesus, all, it all talks about, I think yeah. it's chapter 3, mentions Rachel weeping. Uh-huh. He's referring to this. Jeremiah 31 what? Uh, I believe it's uh, 14 through 16, I believe. Let me see what it says. Okay, I'll wait right here. It says, Rachel's sadness turns uh-huh. to joy. Now, that's just the uh, uh-huh. the note in the, uh, uh, oh, in the uh, Bible yeah, here. Now, here is the actual text. This is what the Lord says. I'm starting at verse 15. Is that all right? Yes. A cry is heard in Ramah. Deep anguish and bitter weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted. For her children are gone. But now this is what the Lord says. Do not weep any longer, for I will reward you, says the Lord. Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come again to their own land. I have heard Israel saying, You disciplined me severely like a calf that needs training for the yoke. Turn me again to you and restore me, for you alone are the Lord my God. I turned away from God, but then I was sorry. I kicked myself for my stupidity. I was thoroughly ashamed of all I did in my younger days. Okay, now, Rachel, it says she's crying. That would bring up compassion, perhaps sympathy, consolation, but look what it says. Well, let's, let's remind people of who Rachel is. Well, the, she is the wife of? Jacob. Ah, there you go. One of two wives, of uh, two. Rachel and Leah. But let's look Leia. what it says. It says you, you will be rewarded. Uh-huh. That crying is not 
a normal reaction for crying. Crying being sympathy, compassion, rewarded. And if you notice, and today in Israel, there's a place called the tomb of Rachel. Many, many people visit there. It's a highly visited place. It's still there. Uh And that's where Rachel was buried along the road. That road was the road that the Jews were taken away from in captivity to Babylon. The story is understood that the Messiah will lead the Jews back along that road. Thus you have the story in Matthew of Jesus going down to Egypt and coming back. And he'll be leading them back past Rachel's tomb. Is that right? And then her joy, I mean her sadness will be turned to joy because her children are returning. Wow. That's, um, have you ever heard that before? No, I have not. I don't think. I, I've heard a lot of things over many years, but I don't think I've heard that particularly. It's a beautiful passage relating Old and New Testaments, just like just what we pay you to help us do. We're going to have to take a break. We'll come right back after these brief messages, 340-9585. Give us a call. Be a part of the program. It's Flash Time. Get a jump on your summer fun with Splashtown, San Antonio's favorite family water park. Featuring 20 acres with 40 water slides, the half-million-gallon wave pool, the quarter-mile-long Siesta del Rio, the ever-famous dive-in movies every Friday night, and more. Splashtown is just three minutes north of downtown on I-35 with plenty of free parking. For hours, rates, or advanced discount tickets, surf on over to SplashtownSA.com. A new wave of fun at Splashtown. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning process? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. 
Never be too far away from your favorite programs. Download the new KSLR app for free today at KSLR.com. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are back. Thank you for joining us. The Bible Live Quiz Show. We've got, honestly, one, two, three, four questions out there already. And lost in the conversation there toward the end of our first segment. Uh, Jacob was talking about the ninth of Av, uh, Tish B'Av, and why we, uh, why that is being observed around the world uh, by uh, Jewish folk who have that uh, for ever since the uh, failure of the people of Israel to go into the Promised Land due to the pessimistic, uh, overly fearful report of the ten uh, spies. You read in the Book of Numbers. Uh, the people of Israel had were afraid they did not go into the promised land as they had were directed to do, and God uh, had gave his promise to escort them and give them the land. They did not take that step of faith, and then there was great mourning in the camp. There was great grieving, and that began this tradition of the ninth of all being a day of mourning. And, and of Jacob the- has reviewed many of the many of there's. I suppose hundreds more. Well, events. and the first and the second temple was destroyed on this day too. And and when Jewish people remember that day, is it? it it's all about these past events. Uh, yes. There's nothing uh, in well, the modern sense well, to grieve about. Well, the understanding about. is the Messiah will turn the ninth of Av from a day of mourning and grief into a more day of time, and time of joy. Thus you have why it's mentioned in Matthew uh-huh. that when Jesus comes back, it says that Rachel... Jesus we, comes back from where? Uh, he, they, he went down to Egypt. I see. And he's coming back along that road. And that the same reason, road, okay. He, but the reason for this is, and I know this isn't picked up on in Christian thought very much, but if the Messiah does not come back along that road past Rachel's tomb, he leads the way for the Jews to return on the road they were taken away in. Uh-huh. On that road, and they go past Rachel's tomb where she's weeping, Uh and it'll turn her to joy because her children are returning. And that's the very, very first requirement of the Messiah, and it's right there in Matthew. I know Christians don't pick up on it because it's not something to talk about. But if he didn't do that, he cannot be the Messiah. That's one of the many predictions and uh, sometimes there are direct prophecies about the Messiah, but then often there were very much, very symbolic, very um, institutional type predictions. A lot of them found in in the structure, even in the architecture of the uh, of the tent of meeting, of, uh, uh, in the tabernacle or in the temple itself. So wonderful, beautiful details there about uh, from the Old Testament. What are some of the? But the question was, what are some of the positive results that suffering? Can help produce in our lives. Oh, thank you. And yeah. what what uh, what can be some of the benefits of suffering? And of course, I, I think we've all struggled with the question of suffering and what purpose does it serve? And and we're told there in Job thirty eight through forty two, 
uh, some of these benefits are listed, and you can give us. It, I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I think there. A, B, C, D, E, F. Okay, that's that's six of them I've mentioned there in that sure. in that answer. All right, then let's go to um, Ecclesiastes. All right, I think that one of the most important things to know about Ecclesiastes is who wrote it, and that's your question number one. All who right. wrote Ecclesiastes? This uh, the, the means preacher, or as you say in Hebrew, mm-hmm. it means uh, collection collector. A collector. Yeah. Compiler. So who wrote? Who was the compiler? Who is the so, preacher here and, mentioned? And people that don't know usually are surprised by this. All right. There we go. Um, what does Solomon repeat uh, over? He repeats the phrase over and over again. Everything is meaningless. Uh, that That's uh, some of the versions use that. Uh, all is um, vain. All is vanity is another way it's produced. What does Solomon mean when he repeats over and over again that phrase? Everything is meaningless. Uh, everything is vanity, vanity. All is vanity. All right, let's. I think that's an important question because it's repeated so often. Surely we need to know what it means as um, probably a primary theme uh, of the book of Ecclesiastes. How about the Song of Songs? Do you like? We've got uh, two actually, questions there. Actually, you pick one if you like. I didn't pick one. Okay, let's just let's just go with number one there. Uh, this is the communication. This is conversations between a two lovers, a man and a woman, uh, a, a bride and the groom. Who is the bridegroom in the Song of Songs? Who is the bridegroom? And you find it right there in chapter one, verse one of the entire book. So uh, if you want to tell us the answer to that question, who is the bridegroom of the Song of Songs? And then finally, let's go over to the New Testament sure. from the book of Galatians. Uh-huh. And what do you like there? I, I like your number one. Okay. Galatia was a Roma, Roman province. It's not a city like some of the other uh, Ephesus or uh, um, but, but the Thessal- question, but Thessalonica. The is, what country is it today? Okay. So That's it's not a city. It's a province. Yeah. It's a region. Yeah. And what a region uh, and what what modern nation is there Today, you yeah, find that interesting, question. huh? People, are, people should know that. Okay, that's that's fine. That's fair. Okay, and let's today see. there's no no Christians. It's an Islamic place. Uh, there are no believers. Well, there got to be some believers there. I bet you. I bet you somewhere there's someone that. Well, there might be. Yeah. But it's an Islamic country. You know, I was away uh, last week at our Campus Crusade for Christ, or what's called here oh, in the I've United heard States. Of that. It's called Crew. Uh, and we, there were several thousand of us, our staff gathered from all over the country, and many come from other countries as well, and we hear reports about what God is doing and what the Lord is doing around the world. It's an amazing, uh, uh it's an amazing gathering, and, and I don't mean in any way boastfully at, at any, in any way, but probably Suzanne was, Suzanne and I were there in this, uh, in Moby Gym is where we have our big gathering of all the staff. And she was looking out over this crowd from all over the country and all over the world, um, mainly, of course, U.S. field staff. And she was saying, you know, probably in today's world, uh, there couldn't be a group gathered that has perhaps had more influence for the cause of Christ, for the cause of the gospel, than right here these 5,000 men and women who are out there day after day, every day. And it's kind of an interesting thought I thought Suzanne had that, Wow, gathered in that room was a, 
you know, just people who are on the front lines in ministry. And we were talking a little, they were talking a bit. We heard some reports from that part of the world. And there is a, there is one of the ministries that Campus Crusade has now is, uh, they're always been very creative and inventive is, is they do a lot online. Uh, there is a very strong, um, Net, uh, network of ministries reaching out, sharing the gospel, and in, in, in interacting with people from around the world, you know, with all of the social mini- social uh, media and the and the, the uh, software that's available now, they get incredible numbers of inquiries, hundreds, thousands of inquiries about the gospel, and serious interactions about the gospel message, and a huge percentage of those come from Muslim nations, and they were reporting, you know. The interaction they experience from from Muslim people around the world, wanting to know more about Yeshua, wanting to know more about the gospel. Yeah, we better uh, maybe we better grab a couple yep. questions. let's do. Let's take. Uh, let's talk to Tim. Tim, thanks for calling in tonight. Glad to hear from you. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, I called in to see is the, uh, the the question relating to Psalm 102, is that still available? Yes, it is. It says, one of the attributes of God is that he is called immutable. And I wanted to know if someone could help us out, uh, if someone didn't know. What does that mean, immutable? That means he's unchangeable. Always the same. Yes. Never changes. Year after year, century after century. Very good. You got it. <laughs> we give you credit for that answer. And I'm going to send you some tickets, various tickets, uh, Tim, but I want to send you a good four tickets to Splashtown. All right. I hope that will be helpful to you and some of the family. Maybe some, uh, I don't know, some kids in the neighborhood or someone that you'd like to give a special blessing to. Let them have a little fun on one of these days. So, all right, we'll get that into you. Do you mind giving uh, John the information? Sure. And we'll put it in the mail this week. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thank you. You bet. Let me put Tim on hold, and we'll go, and let's visit with another caller, listener tonight. Harold is calling in. Good to hear from you, young man. No, this is Napoleon. A Napoleon. Oh. Yeah. I oh. called because yeah, I wanted to know those uh, verses and from uh, Jeremiah. I didn't quite get those. Oh, good. I'm glad you called because Jacob just said a while ago that he, said, he quoted you. He said that you said something about... Uh, the ninth of Av, didn't you say Napoleon said something? Napoleon did. It's a famous story. But it's probably not this Napoleon, all right? Did you, did you hear that part? Did you hear what he said while ago, Napoleon? Well, I, yes, I heard it all, and uh, I was just curious about, you said Jeremiah, was it 13 or 38 or what? I think it was Jeremiah 31. 31, 31. yes. yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it references that. Do you want to answer one of our questions yes, tonight? I, well, the positive thing that someone might look at, but it's, it's a little bit sad, but it's the best I can I can come up with. Okay. It's uh, Ecclesiastics 9, verse 1. Godly and wise people are in God's hands. But if you read the whole thing, people seem to be real happy with those kind of uh, beginnings and endings for some uh-huh. reason. Exactly. I don't know if you understand that or not. I think I am. Let me let me clarify that question. Would you read that? It, here, yes. Uh, Ecclesiastes nine one. Okay, let me get it in front of me. I've got my Bible, but it's not open to that particular. I'm coming there. I'm getting. Ecclesiastes. Okay, it's disappearing, I'll, but I. I'll, I'm slow, but I'll get there sooner or later. Okay. Lamentations. Come on, where is it? Oh my land. Jacob. Yes. Why am I not finding? 
before Jeremiah. What, what are you guys looking there? for, Soapy? I'm looking for Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. Oh. No, Ecclesiastes 9.1. Yeah. We're looking for Ecclesiastes. Well, uh, he, knows, he knows you talk about Ecclesiastes, but he's looking for Song of Songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, Come on, I'm going to find it here. He's a wonder. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a little bit wacky tonight. Let me see if I can find it. Well, there was a prayer I was going to recite that might be you, said at the, yeah, at the new go. third Use temple. That. Oh, here it is. Ecclesiastes chapter what? Nine. Okay. I've got it now. One, recite one the, through. One through four, what? One through two. Recite the prayer first. You mind? Oh, do we want to see the prayer first? Well, that's yeah. going to go with the mountains. Song of Solomon comes right after Ecclesiastes. So I've we, got Ecclesiastes 9, 1. This too... Solomon says, this is supposedly, after all he said in the book of Ecclesiastes, this is supposedly his final conclusion. This too I carefully explored. Even though the actions of godly and wise people are in God's hands, no one knows whether God will show them favor. Jacob, this kind of relates to that Job passage. Boy, I'm telling you, doesn't it? No one knows whether God will show them favor. The same destiny ultimately awaits everyone, whether righteous or wicked, good or bad, ceremonially clean or unclean, religious or irreligious. Good people receive the same treatment as sinners, and people who make the promise to God are treated like people who don't. Very interesting passage. I can see why Solomon was so uh, pessimistic. um, I had to come up with something that was in the Bible. Uh, I listened to another radio show uh, the other day, and there was someone had asked a question about, you know, saying why, why, how Jews get to heaven, why, and and he explained so well why they don't, and it's and the person that received the answer just seemed to be content with it. It was instead of saying, well, maybe they'll be led to Christ later, they just seemed to be so content with it. So I, that that verse is is for them. And Very so uh, the other, you know, because it's just sad the way everybody has to be, you know, so yeah. happy that somebody else has to go somewhere else. But that third temple you were talking about, yeah, this is going to be the prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my, my soul, soul to, take. to take. That's going to be the prayer on the mountain. And I know that's a Christian version, but that's all I have. I'm not sure that's a Christian version. It's a... The sentiment of that prayer is, it says, I pray the Lord, who is the God himself, the, the true and living God. I, I abandon myself, I give myself, and I, I, I release myself into the hands of God. Now, with a Christian understanding, of course, that can be said. But it could be that someone who only has a very uh, very uh, pre-Messianic understanding of God, well, just you know, perhaps Sophie, from the heaven, the stars. When you were... So Maybe they were echoing verses, that, that sentiment. Yeah, those verses. Uh, Harold, when you were talking about the verses you quoted, Soapy and I were talking earlier about Job. And in Job 35, uh-huh. 6 and 7, it asked the most interesting question that people just tend to pass over like like it wasn't there. And uh, let me just turn to it real quick. I got it right handy. Job chapter 35. Five. Uh-huh. And verse 6 and 7. Oops, there you go. Okay. It's, it's one of those famous questions that Job asked, Yeah, right? but, you know, people pass, everybody talks about, you know, my Redeemer will save me. But this is the question. And listen how closely, Harold, this matches what you said. 
uh, 35.6. If you have sinned, what harm do you accomplish against God? Next one. So, uh, and if your transgressions are many, what harm do you do him? Number seven. If you are righteous, what do you give him from that? In other words, your works, your good or bad, on earth doesn't hurt God and it doesn't give him a reward. And that's fascinating because you're, you're quoting almost the same type of thing from uh, over there in, uh, in uh, nine, chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes. Now, I have to give a word of caution here. I think it is because we talked about this and I, I like it. It's very thought provoking. Mm-hmm. But remember, this is not God speaking or Job. This is Elihu, one of those friends that, you know, that weren't right in the no, end. No, 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 no. This guy oh. is the one character that never gets criticized. I get it. I understand. But let me read it in this version. It's, uh, I mean, it's not different from what you said, but it's uh-huh. just a, a different way. Okay. Um, if you sin, how does that affect God? Even if you sin again and again, what effect will it have on him? And if you are good, is this some great gift to God? There you go. What could you possibly give him? No, your sins affect only people like yourself, and your good deeds also affect only humans. Now, I I, kind of would debate that or bat that around a little bit. I don't think Elihu was necessarily right or complete. Maybe he goes on to talk a little further, but we, we talked about this. Don't our... Our lives reflect something on our Creator. If we, one of the reasons I try to live, uh, but but it doesn't hurt Him. It reflects it to other people. No, I'm trying to say reflecting good on the Lord. One uh, of the reasons I try to live righteously and, and do right things in in my life uh, is, yeah, for other people. But but I want that to reflect well on my God, on my Savior, and and in some way influence and help others because of See, my good but example. listen to what you just said. You're talking help others. I know, you, but... I don't I don't give him a black eye. Give honor to God. Oh, I might and, have an answer. Okay. What do you got? Um, well, the Lord, you know, all this, e- Ecclesiastes 9.1, the prayer I said, uh-huh. and Jacob with all his uh, verses there, it, it's because of Genesis chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. And that was God never saw that it was good. That's the day all this was allowed to happen. Do you follow me? Genesis chapter 1. Yeah. I well, think I'm Jacob not going to look it up, but what Harold's referring to is the second day of creation. Is that right, Harold? Yes. Yes. The second day of creation, nobody catches this, but this is the day the Jews have construed construed that God must have created what we, you and I, call evil because that's the only day that it doesn't say it was good. And it's the second day. Have I got it right, Harold? Yes, you had got it exactly right. Mark and that's where all this, uh-huh. all this comes in. We think we're in control. We, we do best to do a great job uh-huh. at our jobs, at work, on the radio, anywhere. But ultimately, God is in control of every single thing. And it's kind of... It's kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> well, you know, but, the, but I you think know. what Soapy's driving at is, and I take the verses of Job to be a little differently. Certainly what I do, I reflect upon God, but my reflection is to other people. But um, I can't cause God uh, hurt. 
I can't damage him personally. I can't, and I can't reward God by my conduct. God has told me how to act on earth socially among to other people. And that's what God, I think, expects us. Now, that's how I understand those verses. There's another thought here, and let me see what you guys think about it. Remember when Jesus uh, went to be baptized by his second cousin, John the Baptist, uh, and Jesus is the prototype of the new uh, of the new race of the redeemed, the, uh, and and it, we in Christ. Paul points out are we, we are in Christ. Reading all the subtitles, here? and he says, <laughs> no. And, and Jesus goes, he's baptized, and the voice comes from the sky and says, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." Uh-huh. And it is also said, and particularly I think in the New Testament, but I, I think you could find it in the Old Testament if you wanted to understand passages in that way, is that. Uh, for example, David and others who were faithful, who loved God and followed God, there is a sense that that we can, by our lives, actually give pleasure to the Creator. We can bring pleasure to the true and living God. Uh, would that figure in any way to your saints, or do well, you think that we cannot bring God pleasure? Uh, okay, I... Uh... I hear what you're saying. I refuse to answer do, the grounds I, that it the way to I read those particular uh-huh. sentences or those verses in Job, it's asking a different question. It's asking, can I, am I above God? Can I give him something by me doing the right thing on earth? Or can I hurt him? By me doing the wrong thing on earth. And that's what I understand those questions to be asking. I guess I'm looking at the particularly at this question I, I about know. the... Can I please God? Can I give God okay, pleasure? Can but that's I... a that's a different question than those verses. It's, oh, it is? Okay. I was thinking it was uh, the positive one about can I bless God or make God well, happy. I can't give God a gift. I, if he, the way I take it is that he says, look, this is your conduct. The Jews have a saying. In a way, you can't offer God anything he doesn't really already That's own. In exactly. Sense, right? so, but what I'm saying is the Jews have an understanding and a saying that there is no Torah in heaven. The Torah is for earth only. There is no Torah in heaven. Very interesting. I'm going to have to wrestle with well, that a little bit, but you, that's well, what you do. You make us we got a bunch of callers. We better okay, well, let me just say one last thing about the book of Job and what I've learned through listening to both of y'all on the book of Job and his misery and his life and his, you know, everything he got afterwards. Okay, Harold. I no longer have to go to that book. There's people that has been through that since then and in not too long of a history. That's true. So that's... That's all I wanted to say. You know, we don't have to go back too far to see somebody's misery. There's a whole lot of suffering going on in there. There's a lot of good stuff, too. I'll see you all next time, huh? Thanks, Harold. Thank you very much. Let's go. Now, who is online what? Uh, uh, All right. Austin's Quickly. Okay, let's go. Kathy, we're going to jump over to you, let you answer a question or give your comment quickly. How are you doing tonight? Um, Hi. Uh, I just had a, uh, a comment on what you're talking about in Job. Good, good. Thank you. Um, I just noticed that further down in verse 11, yes, um, it says, Who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth and makes us wiser than the birds of heaven? Ooh, I like that. There they cry out, but he does not answer. And then... 
it goes down further, and I can't. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, in in uh, chapter thirty-six, verse six, uh, he does not preserve the life of the wicked, but gives justice to the oppressed. I think it has a lot to do with how people treat other people, in that it hurts God when we treat other people bad. All right. I, I, there is something about me that re- I, I echo that. I think that we can bring God joy and we can, you know, God can be grieved. We're told in the New Testament, at least, the, the Holy Spirit, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I think God gets no great joy in judging the wicked. Uh, it's not that he's up there just waiting for someone to, you know, he can beat up on. Uh, but I, I, I kind of agree with you, Kathy. I think there is, uh, God does love us. He cares about us. And in a way, I, I think we can. Now, it seems to be as Jacob is talking about something a little different. He's trying to make a point here that you and I are kind of taking it maybe more literal or something or than what you're well, saying. Well, my, my comment has to do with that, that verse 6. He gives justice to the oppressed. Uh, and if I can go to Ezekiel, because a lot of Ezekiel is God is going to uh, have his wrath against the nations because of the way they treated Israel, not because they offended him, but because of what they did to Israel. But you see, uh, Kathy, what, with what things you're adding, I come down supporting you. Uh, okay. That kind of helps... Uh... I think you're reconciling the two ideas in some ways. Let me. Do you mind, Kathy? I'm going to jump over and get Austin real quick. He's been waiting did, for a did while. Do you want your presents, Kathy? Pardon? Do you yes. want us to send a prize package to you? Oh no, thank you. I, I have had one before. All right. Well, okay. you can get another if you'd like. Just give us a call again. We'll be glad to send one to you, Kathy. Don't worry about thank it. Thank okay? you. Uh huh. Let's go. I hope I can catch Austin. 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 Thank you for your patience, Austin. Hi, sure. I'm so glad you uh, stayed on the There's a lot online. of comments I'd like to make, but I'd also like to try for those tickets. All right. We're glad to let you have them. But let's right. hear your comments. Oh, oh, you want to answer a question? Oh, to okay. Say, who is the bridegroom um, in the book of the Song of Songs? Who is the bridegroom? Oh, the bridegroom. In the book. Okay, the, I thought you were asking who was the beloved or something. Oh, no, we don't um, know. Uh, we know who it was, uh, the, the Shunammite girl. But who was the actual mm. bridegroom? Who was going to be her husband? Uh, I think you know. Yeah. Austin, uh, you want him to hang out for you go to the break? Yeah. Do you mind hanging yeah, on through the break? I think you know, and don't worry, we'll give you some hints, but I bet I bet Austin knows. We've got to take a quick break, folks. We'll be back just after this. You can give us a call like Kathy did, like uh, Tim did, like uh, Harold did, like others. You can be a part of the program tonight. 340 9585, and we've got a number of questions out there. We'll be repeating those when we come back, and you can win tickets to Splashdown and others as well. We'd love to send them to you. Don't go away.
You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are told that's a beautiful song to bring us back into the program. We're talking about the theme of suffering, the, the theme of hardships and difficulty. One of our questions tonight, in fact, is what are some of the positive results that suffering can help produce in our lives? And, of course, that song talks about uh, blessed be the Lord. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, as, jo- as Job said, and blessed be the name of the Lord. We still praise him and worship him. Uh, because of his wisdom, because we trust him, because we trust him uh, to because he loves us and cares about us and knows that all things are going to work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. So we that's uh, it's a great song to bring us back into the program tonight. We were visiting before the break. We were visiting with Austin and I always like to hear from Austin. You, Austin, you usually come with a, some really good comments and maybe you help correct my old buddy Jacob over here a little bit. Keep him honest. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you should, uh, I think to pay for these splash town tickets, you should cut his pay in half. So. <laughs> All right. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll, do that. <laughs> I'll do that. Of course, that won't harm him a bit, but, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, I should tell you. Half uh, of zero is still I, zero. I should, right? I should tell you, uh, Austin, that I do belong to the union. <laughs> the oh, union dear. of what, okay. though? Yeah. All right, Austin, let's, let's get on to your comment, because I know I always like to hear them. What, what did you have in mind? Are you talking about this? Th- we've kind of gotten into this, not a debate really, but this semi-idea about what can we do that adds to or diminishes God. That's one way to say it. The yeah. other is can we do anything that would honor God and bring joy to God? Uh, Jacob has quoted this passage from uh, Job 35 about, uh, Eli, Elihu, I guess, uh, is speaking, and uh, yeah. he says this about if what can we do? If you sin, how does that affect God? If you're good, is that some great gift to him? And so did, were you going to comment on that or some other aspect? Uh, that and maybe other things, who knows? Okay, go for it. Uh, I was thinking of that a way to resolve the uh, the different ways of looking at things is Elihu was right in the sense that he meant what he was saying, but if you look at it in a technical sense, then he wasn't right, because we can give a good pleasure to God by doing things that please him, and uh, I think we can uh, grieve God, and so, in a way, hurt him. Yeah, that's what I see, and you're kind of uh, falling on my side of that. Jacob is, I, I I think there's a, we're just, I think you would agree with that in some way, in some measure, Jacob. But then, what you're saying is that uh, the the I can't, ultimate character uh, I can't of God. take from God. I can't give to God, and that's. Now, I will tell you that as you know, the Book of Job is as a really my prim- primary book, and because I learned more about God from the Book of Job than any other book, and at least I. What do. about free will offerings? Uh, I, I don't know what that means, but I learn more from. You don't know the, what a free will offering is. I, I don't know what the context is of my comment, how that how that interrelates. But what I'm saying is, um, um, I uh, what I'm saying is is that I know I've read all the many, I shouldn't say all, but I've read a lot of the scholarship. Uh, some some Christian, mostly Jewish, uh-huh. on the Book of Job, 
And I know that their primary idea is that I can't add to God and I can't subtract God by my conduct. What I do is I have been told how to treat other human beings here, and that's how they take it. And my and uh, I, now and somebody can offer their own thoughts, and that's just wonderful. Uh-huh. But I don't take it that way, and uh, you know that's fine. I, there's a sense in which I understand what Jacob's saying, Austin, is that yeah. it, it, God is complete, and in other words, He. Uh, some people, mm, you know, God doesn't need humanity. He didn't create us because of an, a need that he has. He is complete in and of himself in the Godhead, uh, in the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. There's a completeness. There's a wholeness. It's not like God created out of some need within himself. But on the other hand, uh, so I get that, 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 it's, that God is not incomplete in any sense without us or anything that we could offer. On the other hand, it seems like in a sense that God has part of the creation story and the redemption story is that God, by giving man free will and the opportunity to okay. even reject yeah, let's, him. Let's revisit that because I didn't, I didn't understand what the – could you explain what you meant with your free will offering? Austin, I, I well, that, I'm coming to that. That's okay. what I was saying is that by giving us free will as human beings, unique among the creation – then he actually, in a sense, made himself vulnerable to being rejected, uh, which doesn't diminish him anyway, or, or to being received and loved and responded to, which which is also meaningful. And so, in that sense, though it doesn't infringe upon his essence, uh, there is another sense in which I would. It seems obvious. I mean, it seems clear, or at least logical, to think that. We can give him joy. And, and I guess that's where you got the question about the free will offering is not an offering that's motivated by need, but just simply a person giving out of the fullness of their heart and their devotion to God. And is that received? Is that the idea, Austin, that it, the free will offering is, is an expression toward God that, that does bring him joy? Is that the idea behind your question? In a way, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that, that Jacob sees it right in the sense that he sees what elihu meant uh-huh. and but we look at elihu's words in a technical sense and in a technical sense we we can see exceptions to what he's saying well, and a yeah, free will and, offerings might be one of those yeah and i uh and eliah oh, okay elihu uh that actually means uh, uh he is my god is what it means from mm-hmm. the hebrew and uh, there is some very serious thought that this is the introduction of the guy you would know later that appears as Elijah. Because all we do is add God's letter, his first name of his letter, of his name, to Eliyahu, and it becomes Eliyahu. So you're not saying this very person becomes Elijah, but well, that he's kind there of... there is some thought to that. Yes, oh, really? because this because we the first time you see Elijah, he just kind of shows up and they start talking about like everybody knows who he is. Well, and we do know this. Is that Elijah the, Elijah the Tishbite? Is that who? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, here's what... And everybody just talks like they know who he is, but we don't have any information about him. But we do know this, that... Uh, that in the end of the book of Job, that his three so three so-called friends, uh, who are not Jews, obviously, 
We've already discussed who, who they are and where they come from. Uh-huh. God himself appears and says to those three, go ask Job to pray for you. Because Job's saying it's right, because everything you three said about me, even though it sounds good to us earthlings, everything you said about me is not true. The one person he God does not criticize is Elihu. Huh. I, I, yeah, I, I, I so, see that. Whatever he's saying, that seems to have the stamp of approval of God. Hmm. Well, I kind of I kind of have to go with you then, Austin. I kind of think there is a sense in which Elihu meant what he said, and he said what he meant there. And so in that sense, uh, but I'm not sure I can make the leap to to say that uh, it seems to be saying that we cannot please God or honor God or give him pleasure. No, harm, harm. Or, or well, or harm God or, or bring him grief or, or or sadness to God. I I and I I don't know, those are difficult concepts because he he is God. He, he, I understand that he's complete within himself and within his own nature and in a sense, I get it. In the other sense, I, I kind of like the idea that uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And, uh, of course, he's talking about the second person of the Godhead. I, I'm, I'm thinking he, I'm thinking he's talking about Jesus there at his baptism as uh, as a human being, as a servant of his, as a as a man of faith as well. I, so I take it. I guess I take it to mean both things. Like I, that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it, Austin? That you can kind of see both sides of that. Well, I can you know, see two ways of looking at uh, yeah. Elihu's words. Uh, if, if that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I, I might missing. not have been able to follow that well. <laughs> uh, is <laughs> the bridegroom right. Solomon? That's exactly right. Solomon okay, is talking. He is the bridegroom. There, we're talking about the Shunammite girl that. Uh, he sees and so on, and uh, I, I like the Song of Songs. I don't. Some people don't like it. I, rem, I if I remember correctly, there was some debate about whether or not it should be included in the uh, canon of Scripture. Actually, believe it, you're right. There, there was because it's a little racy. Yeah. And uh, also, believe it or not, there was a large debate among the Jews, not only about that book, but about the book of Ecclesiastes. As well. Yes, hmm. and the only thing that redeemed Ecclesiastes and got it included in the Bible. The last chapter. <laughs> the last chapter. Because what it says, here's the whole duty of mankind. Yeah. After all is said and done, all of that meandering, all of that philosophizing, all of that thinking, all of those exper- those uh, experiments that, that uh, Solomon carried out about riches and about wealth and about women and about pleasure and food and all that, after all of his tests and his trials, of knowledge and so on, he comes to that conclusion at the end. That it is kind of a life-saving conclusion. Uh, remember now, thy Creator, the di- days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. Yeah, I, it's a beautiful passage, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I like Song of Solomon, though. I, I like it because I do believe that God gives us some principles there about sexuality. And, and tell you the truth, uh, when I was young, as a young man, and so on, I, I wanted to know what God had to say about sex, and of course. Today, we need to know more than ever. There's a great deal of confusion about love and marriage uh, and sexuality. I'll give you a wrinkle. How's about this? How would you like to know that the Jews consider that uh, a physical uh, anthropomorphization of the feeling that God has for, the, I would say, Israel or, the, you would say, the people, the people of God? The people of God, yeah. So it's not about physical, but it's a way of explaining that God... We're creating his image in that sense of 
love we have is his sense of understanding Israel. And so it's a song between God and Israel or the people of God and Israel. Yeah. And so that that's the Jews take it that way. I've often heard it, uh, uh, that application given as well. I, I, I suspect that you have too, Austin, the idea of God's love, yeah. that we are the, the bride, we're called the bride of Christ. And then, uh, in the New Testament and so on, there is that. I think why not both? Why yeah. not something for married people and for, uh, God and, and his people. Yeah, no reason there can't be both. Can we send you some uh, tickets to Splashtown? I would very much like that. Would love to do it. Why don't you hang on? Yeah, and we and I want you to go there and baptize yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, or, or you can get somebody else to baptize you as well, Austin. That'd be great. Well, Have a great first, time. Jacob. We hope you enjoy All it. Right. All right. I'm going to put him on hold. He's going to come You're... and visit with John and give him that information. We'll send out those prizes. And this is Mike. This week. This is Mike. Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Sophie. Hi, Jacob. Good Hello. to hear from you. Thanks. Hi, guys. Um, I wanted to answer the question about uh, all being vanity. Yes, that's a, that uh, phrase. that's repeated over and over again. What would, let me see what the question was. It says, uh, "What does Solomon mean when he repeats that phrase over and over again? Everything is meaningless." It sounds pretty pessimistic, actually, Mike. Well, uh, I I think it ties in with what we're we're talking about because um, our good works are meaningless unless we have fellowship with God, and um, our sins don't don't affect God one way or another, but they do affect us. We lose fellowship, and the only thing that's important is if we uh, have fellowship with God, we please Him. He's a jealous God, and um, well, I like that. He does not appreciate us worshiping, worshiping other gods, and we will lose our fellowship, which I have found to be the most valuable thing that I have ever found from Christianity. It is the treasure. It has kept me from doing a lot of things. I said, "Oh, I said no. Right. Oh, I don't ever want to lose fellowship with God." Amen. Amen. And, and there. then the only other thing I had was this. That Sunamite girl was that Abisag, the last, um, the last nurse. Oh, that's that right. David? Uh, yeah, we're not sure. I'm, what do you think, Jacob? Is it is the Shunammite girl in uh-huh. mentioned in Song of Songs? Uh-huh. Is that Abishag, the uh, the Shunammite girl that kept uh, David warm in his old age? Oh, well. Ah, uh, oh, you've stumped. You've stumped our, our Jewish authority, our uh, Hebrew scholar and authority uh, actually, here. Actually, <laughs> caught um, him by surprise. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. The, yeah, they are both mentioned as Shunammite. It seems, in some ways, it seems in some ways logical. But on the other hand, the story that Solomon seems to paint about her is that he's out uh, observing his orchards, his his properties as king. And he notices her out in the fields, darkened by the sun, and, and she no, he notices her as a beautiful girl and brings her to the palace and so on, and romances her. So it seems like it has its own story, its its own romance. Now, is, are you, that's the girl, though, when he was an old man, they brought over and they made a big deal about her. She just used her body to keep him warm, right? Wasn't that the name Abishag? Is that right? That's My, what I thought. I... Yeah, well, if it is... Uh, then that's an unusual problem because we're told that he had no romantic interest in her. 
That was David, right? They had no romantic interest yeah. in her. Well, well this I'm is thinking Solomon. Solomon did because when the the son that would be king and got Joab to uh, sponsor him uh-huh. went uh, to Bathsheba and said, "Oh, I just um, I'm, I'm so much in love with Abishag. Should I marry her?" Oh, that's Should right. You go to Solomon well, and ask for her hand. I would Solomon's, say there's probably not many women that Solomon didn't marry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so we're so probably we, safe saying yes, right? That was the last you heard of that young man that wanted to be king. So that I was, was right. Exactly away. right. Exactly right. I kind of think it's an interesting con- the idea, and both of them being Shunammite. Uh, uh, I will. I'll tell perhaps, you what I'll, I'll do, Mike. I, think I will research that, and I'll try to have a correct answer for you. Oh, thanks, Jacob. Let me take a guess at what his answer is going to be. Uh, it was her daughter. <laughs> Oh, wow. Close enough. Abishag's daughter was the shoot. No, I don't know what he'd come up with. But, you know, it, that's, it's an interesting question. I had not. And there's nothing There's nothing anywhere that over the last 3,000 years the Jews haven't explained. I'm sure. Put together. Like, Somebody so has asked that question. i something that explains it. Well, let me get Mike to answer some of our questions for us because we want to. we're trying to make sure we answer all the questions we put out on the air each night instead of just leaving you without the answers. Do you mind helping us out, Mike? I can try, sir. Okay. Jesus emphasized the fatherhood of God. And in Psalm, oh, I don't know, you might not be able to do this one unless you have your Bible open. I do not. It says, okay, I won't, I'll skip that because the question, though, is what verse in Psalm 103 might have led Jesus to use the word father? I, I, I don't know. That was just really a question that came out of my own kind of uh, gleanings. It, it seems like. Although the the concept of the fatherhood of God is there in the in the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament, it is used uh, several times. It is Jesus who it, it's Yeshua who brings this to a level of popularity and understanding among his followers that you know when you pray, pray this way: Our Father who art in heaven. How, he he used the word "my Father" constantly referring to God as his Father, and then of course by by expansion on that, because we are in Christ, theologically, doctrinally, uh, he becomes our father, and that we we know him in a, in a more of an intimate, personal uh, relationship way, fatherhood of God. So uh, we ask, what verse in Psalm 103 might have led Yeshua to uh, take and use the word father and, and make it uh, bring it to to prominence in, in the way he did? Uh, and uh, that would be verse 13, by the way. The Lord is okay, like a father you. to his children. Let's go to Proverbs. Behind all the wise sayings in the Proverbs, what is the main purpose, the, pr- the primary lesson that is to be learned? We find the answer in Proverbs 22, verse 19. All those wi- wise sayings, what do you think they're, according to that verse, and it's a rather logical answer. You might get it, Mike, just by taking a shot in the dark. Um, what do you think those sayings were designed to cause us to do toward the Lord? Uh, bring us closer. Okay. And and the primary means by which we, uh, what is the primary currency by which we interact with God? I, I would say a love. Oh, that's good. That's really a good answer. I, I'm going to, the verse 19 says, so that you will trust in the Lord. Oh. 
trust that leads to obedience. Uh, faith is that primary coinage. Now, now, now there are three gifts, as we're told in Corinthians, faith, hope, and love. But the, great, the greatest of these will be love because it's going to last forever. Faith will someday become bit by sight. And hope will be fulfilled and become reality, but love will always exist. Uh, it's it's given its preeminence there. But I got a question for Mike. So we will trust in the Lord. Yeah, Mike, yes, you have your Bible handy. No, I, I, I do not have. I can't. I go get it. Oh well, never mind. That's okay. I just wondered. Is there's that some, the question? There's, some, there's something interesting over in Galatians. Oh well, ask it. Uh, you might know. It's in let's see, chapter three, yeah. uh, verse seventeen. It says, what I am saying, obviously it's Paul oh. writing this, what I'm saying is the law, which came 430 years later, does not invalidate the covenant previously set. Uh, set I'm losing. I can't hear very good. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll turn him up. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, well, it says uh, the, four, the law 430 years later. Do you know what he's referring to there? Um, I, I'm stuck on fellowship. i um, the, the the law that, well, for example, I said once that um, only those people that trust in Jesus Christ go to heaven. But in the um, the, the Tanakh, there was no Jesus had not come yet, and so um, uh, the people that trusted in in Yeshua, uh, they they um, this fellowship thing, this uh, respect for what's holy. Um, and the law that came, um, no one saved by the law. Um, it shows us that the purpose of the law is to show us that we're sinners. To show us our sin and lead us to the Savior, in, in a yes. sense. I, I think it's called a tutor or a. Well, yes, actually, the reason I asked uh, this because since we're in Galatians, as part of your reading this week, uh-huh. uh, what it's referring to is he's talking about God made a promise to Abraham. And then he's referring to the law 430 years later is what happened at Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. So he's saying that, look, if God made a promise, then he gave Mount Sinai the commandments, that the pro- the law cannot do away with the promise. So therefore... The law cannot do away with what? The God's promise. Promise, okay. Uh-huh. So therefore... Um, he's saying that that's why the non-Jews or the Gentiles and Jesus as their Savior uh, could be honored because the promise of his to Abraham was that he'd be the father of many, many nations. nations. Uh-huh. So therefore, the law that was given at Mount Sinai to the Jews had to be, and anybody else that chooses to keep them, of course, but that doesn't do away with the promise. That's a, it's really kind of complicated how they word that, but it's a fascinating approach. Well, Paul would be capable of a fascinating approach, I think. Now, you're looking at chapter 5, right? I'm looking at chapter 3. Oh, you're in chapter 3. I'm sorry. Verse 17. That's Galatians. Galatians 3.17. What, by the way, what country today is Galatia? Greece. Try again. Yeah. What do you What do you cook in Greece? Turkey. Um, um, turkey. <laughs> he, he got it. He got well, it. I don't know how he got it because that was the wackiest. Well, it was, the, it was the cooking. 
very clever. <laughs> Cooking turkey in Greece. Well, I tell you what, Greece is being cooked today. Aren't they? Their economy is just wow. Oh, boy. Well, who knows what's going to happen well, over there. We're, but you al- gotta, we're right. almost there. Yeah. <laughs> $19 trillion in debt. Well, we're not far off. You're exactly right. You're exactly anyway, right. Good, but anyway, so that's uh, why I like that because it's such a fascinating, and I've asked many people, what law is he referring to 430 years later? And what, the reason I like that is because people read that and, and if you ask them, say, well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and he's referring to something specifically in the 430 years, and that it would be uh, actually in the book of Leviticus. But the, uh, Mount Sinai is 430 years later. So what he's saying is that there's a promise by God. Mike, I want to send you and your family some tickets to Splash Town and some other stuff. Is that all right? Perfect, Sophie. Thank right. you. Hang on and give that information. To Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Jacob. You bet, friend. Good to hear from you. Well, that's our program for tonight. Let me see if I can answer any more questions. Uh, the Lord is about to fall into us. What are some of the positive results of suffering and help us to do tonight? Makes us turn to God. Makes us ask questions that we might not otherwise ask. Gives us compassion for others who suffer. Makes us willing to accept help from others. Humility. Makes us teachable and willing. And so it helps us appreciate more what Messiah did for us. Who wrote Ecclesiastes? That too would be Solomon, son of King David. And then Galatia. Well, we've already got that one. Galatia was a province of Hear the entire Bible every year on Bible Live. Weeknights at 9 Stay with us, folks. We'll be back next week. We'll be looking for you here on the Bible Live for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 